You are now tuned in to Mastering Mitzvahs. Mastering Mitzvahs. A podcast focused on creating the perfect bar and bat mitzvah celebration. Offering tips, tricks, and trends to ensure an amazing event. Mastering Mitzvahs. From New Jersey's own explosive entertainment. Explosive entertainment. I know you're going to dig this. And here they are. Your hosts, Jordan Marshall, Dylan Weissman, and Mike Langser. So, hey, we're here, dude, and it's the end of 2021. The, the whole year was like a blink of an eye and it just disappeared. I feel like it was just yesterday we were complaining about 2020, and uh, this year came and went so fast. So that's what we're going to talk about today, episode number 94, uh, a year recap of 2021. Um, and I'd like to kind of stick to the highlights. Let's try to avoid any lowlights. I have a feeling we might kind of jump into a couple lowlights. But uh, right now, it's just you and I, Dylan, and myself. Um, Jordan may be joining us at some point. Uh, as the like everything else this myself. year, it's been a crazy, crazy year. So, uh, Jordan, if we see you, awesome. Jeremy Berg, we love you. And I know I owe you a T-shirt, Jeremy, or a golf shirt. They're ordered, I promise you. The day that we get them, you'll get them. So Dylan, what's up, man? Hey, uh, it, like, I don't know. I feel like I aged like 40 years just in this, in this year thing. And as we're thinking back of it, uh, it was a good year, man. It was, it was a good year. It was a year that we could be proud of. It's a year that we could, uh, that was, was, it was nice to celebrate. So, um, with it coming to a close, I think that, um, it'll be nice to kind of talk about some of our favorite, uh, our favorites. If you could describe this year in one word, I'm throwing you on the spot. What would that word be? Like the year of what? Uh, Last uh, year was the year of survival, and and you said that yesterday in our staff meeting. So what is what is 2021? 2021. If if 2020 was the year of survival, 2021 was the year of adapting. I like that. And Jeremy Berg writes bounce back, which I think is is very good as well. Adapting and bounce back. I, I think um Jeremy, that's two words, but I'll I'll take it anyhow. Um the the year of flexibility. I mean, look, I, I learned more about uh being flexible for our families and our clients and our and our situations than I ever had to before. Um, you know, before it was like we were order takers, right? We we knew what what worked and what didn't. And from that point, we moved on. Uh, this time, there were so many like little nuanced circumstances that, that caused us to really, really think uh, and get creative and, and obviously showcase our flexibility. Yeah. So I, I gave you no time to think about it purposely because now I had more time to think about what the answer would be. And, and I'm going to kind of steal yours, but I'm going to say elasticity, uh, which is pretty similar to flexibility. But I, we learned a lot this year in our capabilities, how we could change on the fly. Um, again, didn't really want to talk about lowlights, but, you know, receiving a phone call on a Thursday that Saturday's party is no longer happening or happening at a different venue or was supposed to be happening in the morning is now happening at night. Like these became realities. And uh, I mean, if we were playing baseball, we were getting thrown curveballs every single weekend. It seemed like, and yeah, it, that's so funny because, like, that's a real story. That's a real story. Like, uh, we got a call on a Thursday that the party on Saturday that was fully staffed and fully packed and fully trucked 
was no longer happening. And if you told me that would happen in 2018 or 19, it would, first of all, it would be like, what are you talking about? And second of all, it'd be like, that's just not, it, it, it would never happen. It, it, like we wouldn't know how to react to that. But meanwhile, we easily were able to take that in stride and figure it out and figure it out. So, <laughs> you know, I, I, it, was, I think it wasn't, nor it wasn't, it wasn't abnormal anymore. To, we to didn't. Yeah. So, so we didn't um, take any of these curveballs loosely, but I think we just went into it with the attitude of, okay, we'll do it. You know, whatever it was. And I don't know if you and I are thinking of the same situation, but um, the one where we got the cancellation that I was thinking of, we adapted and did a live stream at a client's house rather than doing a party at a venue um, because the mom actually had a, a severe accident in the week of the party, totally non-COVID related. Um, so the elasticity of from Thursday to Saturday or Sunday, whatever it was, just rethinking the whole thing and, and doing a live stream at a house versus uh, sending a team of eight to a venue, entirely different. But uh, that was, you know, uh, I don't want to call it a low light. That was just, you know, a, a, a product of the year. But I don't know. I'm I'm hella proud of that. <laughs> it, it was very cool. So I'll throw you on the spot again, Dylan. Do you have a favorite event or or mitzvah moment of 2021? Uh, no. You can I tell we don't we don't we don't plan these. Podcast, they just kind of happen. I don't have a favorite mitzvah moment. I, I really don't. I think some of my favorite things, that, like I'll tell you what some of my favorite things are. And we said in our staff, uh, in our all hands meeting yesterday, um, <clears throat> some of my favorite things is we're watching people who were, uh, this is not really uh, like bar about mitzvah related, but it's our staff related, watching people grow into a new role for our staff. I mean, we had a lot of changes that have happened over the last little bit. So to see people grow into roles that they otherwise were never even thought of, um, you know, we, we, between Bridget and Justin, who are, you know, full-time with us now, um, to even considering someone like Samaj, who was a newer MC who is now getting recognized all over the place and traveling all over the, uh, you know, the tri-state doing events as an MC. Uh, I love seeing that. I think 2000, 2021 provided the opportunity for that level of growth uh, for our, for our team. And that, that that's one of my favorite things from this year. You know what I think is so great? You totally didn't answer my question, but I, <laughs> no, not, well, I said, you know, your favorite mitzvah event or mitzvah moment, but, you, okay, so, but your, your point actually is so well taken. So I'm just kind well, of breaking you can't, stones you can't here. continue to throw me on, on the spot and not have me dance around it. We talk for a living. <laughs> but um yes and actually i want to echo what you said um that it was a year of changes with our personnel and seeing the growth uh has, has totally been tremendous um i think it also kind of helped us open our eyes that you know for a while we thought our team was our team and you know maybe we were kind of pigeonholed within there and realizing quickly new talent was welcome to the team um existing talent evolved and something that you said yesterday that I'll, I'll reiterate too is finally the jersey side and the pennsylvania side of the the brands commingled and a sharp and flair used to be competitors in the same market explosive was its own business in jersey and pre-pandemic the three companies came together and operated as one but there's still 
a difference of who was performing and the teams weren't as synergized. But this year, uh, maybe just due to staffing conflicts, we had to synergize the teams. And now it, it is a, a family of one, which is super cool. Mike, you had the numbers and they're, they're rough, especially because we found a couple errors in the way that we reported it. What were the numbers of 20, uh, 2021? The number of mitzvahs? Yeah. Um, this is definitely going to be really rough, but I'm going to do some quick math here is uh, 34, 45, uh, somewhere around 60 mitzvahs. Um, and that's not including the reporting errors that we had earlier. So right. you're, you're adding in another 15 or so. Yeah. So let's let's say between 60 to 75 bar bat mitzvahs um, that we handled. And that's keeping in mind that January had zero. February had one. March and April had two, three, or four. And a lot of them were small or live streams. So our later part of the year, October, you know, my, my rough report showed 17 just in the month of October. Uh, that's probably really 20 again uh, after realizing errors. So the, the last quarter we were heavily stacked in bar and bat mitzvahs um, when more comfortability came in place, when the weather warmed up, when vaccines were more common, when uh, outdoor events became the norm. Um, so I, I actually, would you have something you were going to say? Cause I, I, I wanted to jump in here. Uh, no, we did, but your camera did just get disconnect. There you go. Welcome back. Um, no, I mean, I, I, it, it was wild to see the evolution that occurred from, uh, January to, to October. Um, that February, that singular February event was a live stream in New York where we went to their house and set up a, a, a full on studio in their home. Mm-hmm. I, I'll, I'll never forget, you know, uh, our tech table was their kitchen dining room, uh, right. like set up, like, you know, I was in the study with like a separate monitor on zoom with a microphone while the family was being, you know, having their ceremony in or their service in uh, their den. Like I, I'll never forget, like, like, like those are the type of things that we were dealing with in February and then, or yeah, that, that one job in February. And then you come to uh, a party, like the one we talked about at top golf or, or, or um, you know, some of these bigger events in October, it's wild to see that, that, the changes from last winter to this this fall winter yeah uh, so so dylan i'm gonna say that for me the turning point and when i looked at the calendar all of these march april may events were uh, i'm 90 I'm percent of them at least were outdoors in backyards in tents uh or day camps um but the the, the turning point actually was Jessica Schwartz's daughter, Jillian, on May 15th was our first real, quote unquote, air quote here, indoor normal celebration. And, and you know, I, I say all of that um, because that was the first party that just really felt like everything else that we had done pre-pandemic. We had that giant swing booth that was the first time we had done the swing booth. Uh, which now has become a super popular item. Uh, we had the custom-built DJ facade, uh, which, you know, the, the uh, vanity booth that we created, uh, the rose petal cannons. We were at the Grand Marquis in the dome room. Everything about this party was like, we're back. And it just, it felt so good. I know the staff was excited. Like, it just felt real. 
Um, and that party was amazing. And for those that don't know Jessica Schwartz, she's in the industry. She used to run a venue. We've known her for years. Uh, we had the pleasure of doing her son's bar mitzvah several years prior, and it was a blowout also. Um, and, and while it's hard to compare, that was kind of a turning point to me. So that was May 15th. Um, and I'm going to steal the spotlight here for one more moment, Dylan. Yeah. If you were to ask me like a highlight moment, I was actually thinking the time or times that we got involved at Ivy League Day Camp. Um, <laughs> Ivy League Day Camp was actually a camp that I went to for one year when I was a child. Um, and it's a day camp. They don't do private parties. You know, they would do a couple events here or there, but never bar and bar mitzvahs. It just wasn't that type of venue. And when customers saw the need for outdoor space, uh, Ivy League kind of responded with, hey, we've got this outdoor pavilion. You could use it. And, you know, I want to say it was very rudimentary because it, it was a very cool pavilion, you know, giant in space. But it, it lacked outdoor lighting. It lacked much electricity. But Backer we were there trailers, yeah. In 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 I think six weeks, we were there four out of those six weekends back to back to back. Um, and that was a that was a venue that never existed pre-pandemic. And here we are doing four events, you know, back to back between May, June, July. Um, and that was awesome. Um, we were actually there most recently again in November for a family that you know, embrace and said, we want to do an outdoor party. We're going to tell guests to wear jackets and cold or not cold. So yeah. it was kind of a highlight moment of taking a venue that existed, but was never an event venue and making it into a very successful event venue credit to the caterers that were involved and the planners that were involved and, you know, our team for thinking it through and making it successful. I mean, the, the venue pretty much gave us the keys and says, just don't destroy the place, you know. Right, and and yeah, I I loved that uh, that that became. I mean, Ivy League Day Camp. The minute you said it, I was actually trying to find during that whole time find photos of what that space was beforehand, and I just kept stumbling onto party pictures. So it just shows how great it was um, this season. I'll I'll tell you, we could do a whole podcast on weathering the elements this year. Um, in March. Uh, one of the one of my favorite events this year was uh, Lisa Antonucci's event for her daughter Maddie. Postponed 101 times. Uh, you know, we talked to each other off the ledge countless times. Uh, spent nights crying about how this event would never happen, and then it was it was finally time to happen. And it was for March of 2021. So this was early on, or April, maybe it was April. Um, it was early on, uh, coming out of the winter, and. Um, we were set up to do an outdoor pavilions type event at a day camp. And this was when like, there was like indoor mandates that, uh, that were, you know, in place. And lo and behold, uh, 35 mile an hour winds that day. And mm. we had to make a call that day that we were bringing that party inside. And how were we going to pull it off? Because there were indoor mandates. Uh, you know, there were, nothing was planned for inside. How are the guests going to feel? And within 12 to 15 hours between me, myself, the family and uh, B&T Catering, um, we were able to figure out a way to keep everyone safe inside. And that event was awesome. It was awesome. Uh, you know, we had an animated gobo on the wall that I brought. Uh, we did, all, I brought in all the uplighting 
um, for the space because they didn't have any lighting in the venue. Uh, like we did so much just to make that space awesome. And it was within 12 hours uh, of, of us having to make the call that we're not doing it outside to doing it inside after being postponed and postponed over and over right. and over again. Right. And that was at the beginning of the year. I got another one for you, Mike. We hadn't talked about this yet. And, and honestly, you know, I take a page out of Justin's book. We do this every single, Justin, our production manager, we do this thing every weekend that we forget how special these events are to the individuals that, uh, that partake in them, specifically the guests of honor. Um, we sometimes get jaded on that idea. And look, I love this, this job. We love this job. Otherwise, we wouldn't be doing it. So it's wild to think that these are once in a lifetime events when we do them 17 times in a month um, in October. So one of the things that I want to bring up is one of my favorite events. This past weekend was an event that was supposed to happen in the beginning of 2020. So now we are significantly removed. All right. These kids are freshmen or sophomore in high school, I think, um, based on the fact that she was older for her grade. So now we're throwing a bat mitzvah style party for a 15, almost 16 year old. Mm -hmm. That was last weekend. And the approach was totally different, but the outcome was the same where these kids got to celebrate and party with each other. And sure, we approached it a little bit differently from what we would do from a bar mitzvah. But at the end of the day, like they still loved Coke Pepsi at 15. They still loved the candle lighting ceremony. They still loved the photo booth. So it like brought me to realize that it's never too late to have a good time. And that was one of my favorite events this year because of that reason. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, you know, I, I jotted down before we got in this podcast, just a bunch of names of families or venues, you know, that we did, but you know what? Something just struck me, Dylan. I think there were four different events that we did this year that were actually for friends of mine from high school, which is kind of showing my age now that some of my friends are, have children of the bar about Mitzvah age. Um, but that was actually very cool and humbling as well to be part of events for people that I went to school with who I, I might have actually grown a, apart from. But, you know, there, there's something cool about, you know, high school friends and college friends. Like, no matter how many years away you are, you kind of always remember that they were your peers back then. So I've I've since kind of reunited with certain high school friends just because I got involved in planning their parties. And I might actually be underestimating it at, at five. There might be some more, um, some of whom, you know, I was close with in high school and now have become close with again. Others who, you know, we knew each other in high school. We didn't really talk, but, uh, you know, they knew Explosive was, you know, the brand to go to. And, you know, just uh, the, the name recognition, you know, made sense. So, so that's actually... Pretty cool too. Yeah, there's no better compliment than having uh, someone from your past reach out for their event, um, whether it be someone from high school or someone you grew up with. Uh, we, I get that. I mean, you have you have friends who have kids that are that age. We get weddings all the time from from friends of mine, and there's no bigger compliment. And I, I look, we give 125 thousand percent every single weekend, but there's there's something that just like when you build that relationship already, like I, yeah, I, I it reminds me of the my dancer one of my very first dancers ever jesse had postponed her event her wedding like 101 times and then she had her small like 
one year anniversary and it was awesome. It was none of the fluff and all of the party and it was awesome. So it kind of like that coupled with this um, high school aged bar mitzvah uh, last weekend, it reminds me that like you're never too old for a good time, especially when you frame it the right way. Yeah. Yeah. So with 10 minutes left of this podcast, the goal of this podcast is always tips and tricks to, you know, help families. And, and, you know, you and I are doing some reminiscing here, but let's, let's spin it a little bit and, and keep reminiscing. But what tips and tricks have we learned in this year with our flexibility, elasticity, you know, and, and how do we encourage families that um, it's, it's still time to embrace these parties, you know, even knowing what's going on in the world, how do we embrace these parties? How do we go in with the right, approach i don't know why my camera keeps coming off um you can still hear me right yeah i got you so um i'm gonna use um genie weintraub as my example her son logan his bar mitzvah was awesome um it was in a tent in their backyard and and you know mom is an event planner by trade um but in the corporate world and it's hard to shift from spending pharmaceutical money where she worked to spending her own money in her own house and how do you transform your home into a open door oasis for all of these invited guests and next you know the party was for her son who is a big sports fan so you know we always stumble on how do you make a elegant party and a sports theme match and then compound that with how do you do a backyard party under a tent with sports theme and still make it elegant? And uh, I'm sure you're not going to be able to pull up pictures as quickly as I'm talking, but we knocked it. Well, we meaning that the team, um, you know, her planners and there were multiple involved, knocked it out of the park. The centerpieces had fresh uh, greenery, fresh foliage with like rustic baseball look in there you know the giant old um coca-cola bottles you know beat up and worn baseballs uh you know weathered mitts and it had just a very elegant cool like rustic look and uh, man let's see if you got those pictures uh nope that's not it this is logan's bar mitzvah i didn't know if it was that different logan different, different logan. logan all right well congrats logan um, you made it to our podcast <laughs> but <laughs> uh, it was so cool. And I mean, again, like I, I can't I can't shout out enough how amazing this event was. Um, and how it, you know it was outdoors, it was COVID safe, there were no there were no tent sides, it happened to be the most beautiful day weather-wise. Um and uh, you know, we took everything that they wanted because they were originally booked at one of the top venues in the state and elegant, very elegant and very exclusive venue. And then they said, we can't do it indoors anymore. And like my heart dropped, I was like, how are we going to pull this party off? Um, and man, it was awesome. So, you know, shout out to Jeannie and her team for showing the rest of the world that you could still do elegant. You could still do fun and you could do it in a backyard and you could do it with the sports theme. Um, it rocked. It really rocked. Uh, how about you, bud? What uh, what what tips and tricks would you share? 
Um, so I, I definitely would um, say when you're getting creative with, with venues like that, that you have to consider a lot. Um, for example, power. Um, you know, we did an event for the McAleese family in their, in their home. Um, and we quickly realized that they weren't going to have enough power for simple things like caterers, let alone big, uh, you know, entertainment equipment. And uh, my tip and trick for that family was, all right, that's fine. Let's get, I, we didn't even charge them for this. Like I, I, I told them, let's gather up all your friends and family and see who has portable generators. And we just, we coordinated it from that perspective. Like, so you never know what kind of village you have in support when you have to pull this thing off. Um, so that one was really memorable because we just had generators lined up on the, hmm. in the driveway to power up some of these, these items like the DJ equipment and, and the, uh, the caterers tents and stuff like that. So that the, one was really the, car, the carbon issue. footprint on that party wasn't ideal with the uh, I, exhaust. I didn't say we're promoting a green energy <laughs> event, um, but I am saying that we pulled it off. Um, so that one that one was really really great uh, because I got to see a community come together for an event. Um, that was nice. That was nice. Uh, other than that, I mean, I don't know. There's just there's so many events that I'm having a hard time pinpointing specific things outside of holistic tips like um you know your guests and you know that you're going to be safe around your guests so doing things like uh the family a couple weeks ago did a drive-in covid testing site for the week of their event that's super memorable to me because that was never a thing before mm -hmm. like, we even sent our staff to it right, right like that wasn't even an item that was on the docket before so i i'm gonna actually say reconsidered timelines you know we used to be very strict like hey we have a formula of success and explosive and this is the way we run a party and there might have been a little bit of bending here or there and whether you're going to have a montage or not or horror or not but now there were some parties and, and you know we we talk very often about the top golf party where you know cocktail hour for example there was an hour and a half and then we did all of the formalities up front so that we didn't have to worry about doing formalities later because we didn't know what was going to happen, whether guests were going to dance or go back to the golf. And that's just one venue. You know, there were many other instances where, you know, everything was either pushed up front or brought back later yeah, to, that's, to rethink a timeline, you know? Yeah, that's that's a really that's, – that's great. It sounds like you prepared for this podcast. Uh, you know, <laughs> I, I love the idea of uh, – look, we do have a recipe for success. And – uh, you know, if we have our choice, there is things, there are ways that work better than others. But what we won't ever say is that you can't do something, especially if your heart's set on it. So when it comes to organizing timelines, I mean, look, how many times have you, you and I worked together at uh, that, uh, that Char Charlotte's bat mitzvah. Yep, that was um, going to be one of my closing parties. So how about that one where they wrote out an entire timeline and then none of it happened the way that we were supposed to. Right. And I remember, I remember vividly that event. First of all, it was bonkers, crazy, cool all the way down. But like we had a timeline and I looked at you and I just threw it. Like I just, I looked at you and I looked down at the timeline. I just threw it behind me and I said, forget it. We're, we're doing something different now. I, and, actually, and that was great. You know what, Dylan, can, can I close on this point? That party was so amazing in so many ways. And it hits home to a conversation I had yesterday, and here's a great closing point uh, for this 
probably last podcast that we do of 2021. The formula of success, the team that you hire, it needs to have experience and cohesiveness and flexibility and elasticity and all of these things that we're talking about. Um, I received a phone call yesterday for a lead and it's, they, they inquired, we have a DJ, we just need an MC. And I think they actually wrote, we need a kick-ass MC for a superior soiree or something like that was their, their lead when they inquired. And I almost didn't call back because we don't, we're not in the business of just sending out MCs. And we've learned that the MC needs to understand how the DJ is going to work and, and have that synergy with the dancers. And, and it's a family and, and, you know, using Charlotte's party as an example, you started doing something early in that party. And I was like, this isn't on the timeline. What the heck? And for a moment I had like a little panic because I, I go off of timelines and then I too kind of just tossed and I'm like, who cares? This is working. And like Dylan, you just, you went into this game turned moment turned dance set that wasn't on the timeline during cocktail hour. I mean, we were 20 minutes into the party and it was already a rager before the timeline called for it to be a rager. So my point and my tip that I want to share and leave is you have to hire a successful team that has experience in bar and bat mitzvahs because that lead that I got yesterday, that same output would not have happened. If you were that kick-ass MC that was hired to work with random DJ who's never done a bar mitzvah, and I don't think they were even looking for dancers – you wouldn't have had that support that you needed to pull off what you did so successfully. And me as a DJ, if I was working with some random MC, I couldn't read between the lines. You know, I would be panicking at every moment. What's his next step going to be? Whereas when I work with you or Jordan or Samaj, like I know what the next step is going to be before you do it. And, and if you throw a curveball, I could adjust because I kind of know where you're going. Anyhow, like, you know, right. we, that's the whole, you know, there's no I in team and there's experience together and you practice together. Uh, I mean, that's what it's all about. Mike, I think we can squeeze one more um, podcast in by the end of the year. I don't know what we're going to do, but I think we can squeeze one more in. 95 is a nice round number. I want to uh, jump to 100. Can we just I know. Skip? We're just going to skip the rest of them, but uh, it'll feel good when we get to 100. But for, for now... Um, if you wanted to learn more about uh, like that team mentality, we do have one of the only showcases coming up in the area uh, on at Bridgewater Matter on Super Bowl Sunday. Um, you'll be able to see all of our team in action. You'll be able to see everyone uh, rolling through, um, and you'll be able to meet our team and understand kind of what's going on. Um, so that is February thirteenth, twenty twenty two, at the Bridgewater Manor, our Super Bowl showcase. You can find out a lot about it on our online. Following us on all of our social medias is a great way to stay in touch and up to date with what it is that we're, we're producing for that show. So uh, for episode 94, a year in review, which I feel like we got to turn into two parts, uh, you know, we'll come back at it soon. But Mike, any, uh, any last words? Uh, no, I actually really enjoyed this podcast. And it, it, you know, one thing that every time we sign off of these podcasts, it makes us feel good and remember all of the great experiences that we had through the year. And, you know, sometimes we have to carve out time in our schedule to do these podcasts, but I know every time I sign off, I'm like, wow, you know, like we're, we're doing awesome things for great families. And, you know, I think we just said there were 75 different bar mitzvah families that we touched this year. Um, 
that's awesome. There's only 52 weeks in a year. And then this year, the first three to four months just really didn't even exist. So, uh, you know, I'm definitely proud of where we have landed after last year's debacle of a year. And uh, sky's the limit for the next few, man. Can't wait. So thanks so much from Explosive Entertainment family to yours. Have a safe and wonderful holiday season, a happy new year. And we'll catch you guys in 2022. See you.